discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. share the prayer and then we'll continue father thank you for this morning thank you for your presence thank you for your precious holy spirit who is here to teach us to guide us to give us in, to give us insight into mysteries and secrets thank you for great grace that is ministered to all of us wherever we find ourselves in the world even in jesus name amen hallelujah i think i've shared so many things with you already isn't it and uh, this is the third message in this particular series of um, learning about the end times hallelujah and i think the last time i started sharing concerning the stages of the jewish marriage isn't it yeah do you remember stage one i wish you were you you could i could hear you mention stage one what's the stage one for those of you in the studio the man goes out in the bridal search wow he goes out in a bridal search the bible says that for this course shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave himself onto his wife so he leaves first of all to go and search and i showed you how jesus left the word of god left time he crossed time space and all of that just to come and come and look for you and i then the next stage is what the kidashin the kidashin which has several stages as well so in the kidashin you have the very first stage being what the payment of the bridal price isn't it the bridal price is paid and jesus paid our bridal price with his own blood Hallelujah. Isn't it not powerful? Yeah. You are special though. Most, of, most Christians don't think they are something. They, they feel they are, they are not correct. But God, God doesn't joke with you at all. You are very special to, to God. And it's time for you to rise up to who God has made you. And to rise up to what God thinks about you. To think the same way God thinks about you. It will help you agree you. To make a lot of difference in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah, so he does what he pays a bridal price. Then the next thing is what? Then he does what? The, the man who is now the groom gives the woman who is now the bride a ring, an engagement ring to seal her, isn't it? A, a seal of ownership and to ward off other men, isn't it? Yeah, so Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit who is a seal you know of our earnest inheritance hallelujah i said so many things about it. i'm just trying to recap with you then the next thing in the kidashin is that the groom makes a promise isn't it in the other one he makes he makes a covenant apart from paying uh, paying the bridal price he makes a covenant isn't it Rat ratifies a covenant with the lady hallelujah and then in the next one he makes a promise a sh of, of a sure return for the actual wedding Wow. So Jesus also gave us a sure uh, a promise of his coming. Hallelujah. Then the next thing is that the groom goes back to his father's house and sends a gift, which is the matan, isn't it, to the bride for her decoration and for her life, 
for her upgrade for for her living until that day hallelujah so when jesus ascended into into heaven he sent out the holy spirit to help us so the holy spirit is here to help us and we, we said so many things about the ministry of the holy spirit what it does for us hallelujah one of the things I remember mentioning was that it, uh, speaking in chants boosts your immune system, isn't it? So this COVID-19 is worrying people. And a strong immune system is required, is needed for you to be able to live the way God wants you to live and, and, and survive. So you need to speak in chants a lot. Don't only take vitamin C. Pray in the Holy Spirit as well. Pray in chants. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given to us for the purpose of making our lives here on earth better. And for preparing us for our decoration for that day, Hallelujah. So the the next step, which is uh, uh, so we've mentioned three major steps, isn't it? The first one is the groom leaving to go and search for the bride, and the second step is the kedashin, which is the betrothal, which has all these stages. So the third thing is what I want to start with this morning, Hallelujah. So point number three in the stage number three in the Jewish the Jewish wedding is the time of separation there's a time of separation after the groom remember after the groom has given the promise and all that he goes back to his father's house and whilst he's in his father's house he doesn't see the bride for many years many 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 years no seeing nothing it's a very big time of separation the next time they see each other the groom will be coming for the bride for the actual wedding so the test stage is a time of separation and during the time of separation there are and there are two things that are required to be done of course the groom goes to go and prepare a place for the bride to receive the bride he goes to start preparing for the wedding and all of that you know the bride doesn't pay anything for her wedding the groom does everything so the groom is preparing doing everything putting everything in place putting the reception in place everything hallelujah i'm sure some ladies are praying that they'll get that Maybe like that for you in Jesus' name. If it's not like that, don't worry. It's still powerful. 70-30. Hallelujah. Or 60-40. It still works. Praise the Lord. So during the time of separation, the very first thing that is required of the bride, so there are things that are required of the bride. After the groom, he goes to prepare. But the bride is supposed to do some things as well. So in the third stage, the very first thing that is required is that the bride must win her affection from her father's house the bride must start winning her affection she must win her affection from her father's house and set her affection on her husband's house hallelujah there are some father-in-laws who have cried at their at their daughter's engagement and weddings because they didn't want their daughters to go yeah it's a big deal it's a very very big deal for for some parents those who are very close to their daughters you know so the bride must must win she has to win her affection from her father's house and set her affection on her husband's house she must leave she must leave to cleave you see she must what leave to cleave she must leave her father's house her mother's house and cleave to her husband's house hallelujah so in psalm 45 verse 10 we see some scriptures over there psalm 45 is actually a psalm concerning um the bride of christ so you can read the whole psalm. You will learn so many things, actually. So he says, Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. Verse 11. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. 
for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. So our beauty is desired more and more as we leave. He says, forget your people. Forget your father's house. Forget also thine own people and forget thy father's house. Hallelujah. So what is he saying? He wants us to and we actually, this is the time of the separation. The dispensation we are living in, the time we are living in now is actually the time of the separation. Christ has been gone for a long time and we are here on earth. What are we supposed, what, what is expected of us now? We are expected to win our affection from this world. You know, we were, uh, the, the God of this world is Satan, right? Satan is the God of this world and he's the father of this world, isn't it? And we are in this world. He used to be our father. We are in his house. We were bought from him. We were taken away from him. But then we are still around. The Bible says that even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. In John chapter 17, verse 16, we see several scriptures. So you are supposed to start putting your affection, setting your affection on things above. This Jesus, this is Jesus praying. This is actually the Lord's prayer. In John chapter 17, the Lord was praying for the disciples and for all those who believe uh, on him through them. He says, they are not of the world. John 17, 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You see, we are in this world, but then we are not of this world. We don't originate from this world. Even though we are here, we don't come from here. I don't think you travel, maybe you go and visit a friend, and you decide to stay there for the rest of your life. No matter where you go in the world, you would want to go, there's the Bible, it's not the Bible, the Bible didn't say that. They say there's no place like home. Isn't it? You would always want to go back home. So our actual home, our actual place, uh, that God has designed for us is with his son. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he wants you to win your affection. Win your affection. That is what happens in the time of separation. You must learn to win your affection from this world. Don't become so engrossed in the things of this world to the point that you forget about your Lord. Yeah. So engrossed. There are people who are busy trying to make money, millions of dollars. There's nothing wrong with that. You see, Abraham was given God willed the heaven and the heaven and earth to Abraham. He gave him everything. But Abraham, after he had he had gotten when he got to the land of promise, the Bible says that he sought for a city whose maker and builder was God. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse eight to verse 10. Look at it. Hebrews chapter eleven from verse eight. He had the whole world. Abraham had the whole world. He had access to the whole world. But he was wise. He knew that this world is temporary. It's just temporary. How long will you be here? Even if you live to a hundred, you will still not be here forever. You will still not be here. You will still live. You see. So why do you have to busy yourself so much with the things of this world, trying to make money, trying to you know people are doing all kinds of things just for money. We must rule and reign in earth, isn't it? The Bible says that how much more David receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life by one. Jesus Christ. We have to reign and rule here on earth. We have to be rich to sponsor the gospel. That's the truth. We have to be, and, and you, are going to exp, you are going to multiply and expand and be fruitful and multiply. I mean, you have all those things. But you should always know where your heart is. You should always know where your heart is. Hallelujah. Yeah, so no matter what you have here on earth, you must always remember where you are coming from and where you are going. You see. Our origin as Christians is heavenly. You must always remember that. 
in John chapter 3 verse 5 before I go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 where I mentioned let me just show you some of these things in John chapter 3 verse, verse 3 and verse 5 look at John 3 and 3 Jesus answered very verily I say unto unto Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God now the word born again the phrase born again is from the Greek word genao anoden the word born is genao and then again is anoden okay and it means to be born the word anoden is heaven it means to be born from above to be born from heaven so our our origin is not earthly we are not of the earth at all we are of the heavenly and everything about us is heavenly our final destination is with is with him hallelujah so you are you are expected to win your affection from this world you see that's why there are several places in the bible where he talks about not allowing the things of this world to capture your mind so much so let's look at abraham's life in in hebrews chapter 11 um verse 8 like i was i, I mentioned the, the, the first time hebrews 11 from verse 8 to verse 10 it says by faith abraham when he was called to go out into the into a place which he should after receive for inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he went verse 9 by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise verse 10 then he says for he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is god he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is god so even though he had physical things he looked for something higher he was looking for a heavenly city he was looking for a heavenly city if you read from verse 13 go to verse 13 you see you see some more about other people i'll share some of these things with you the last time since these all died in faith not not having received the promises but having seen them afar and were pursued of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth verse 14 for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out you see, he says, if they have been mindful of the country where they came from, that's what he's talking about. Okay, they might have had opportunity to have returned to their country if they were thinking about their country where they, they had come up from. They would have had opportunity to go back. Next verse. But now they desire a better country that is unheavenly. They desire a better country that is unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called to be called their God, for He has prepared for them. A city so there's a city that god has to prefer you must you must win your affection from your father's house to your husband's house yeah don't become worldly there are christians who are worldly they only think about things of this world they only think about money what to eat what to drink what to wear where to sleep that is not the main thing you see so in colossians chapter 3 verse 1 the bible says that if we then be risen with christ seek those things which are above where christ seated on the right hand of god next verse verse 3 verse 2 then it says set your affection on things above not on things on the earth set your affections on things above not on things on the earth do you see Let, let's read the amplify from verse 1 Colossians 3 from verse 1 amplify says if then you have been raised with christ to a new life that's sharing his resurrection from the dead aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of god and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things not on things that are on the earth 
that this is what is expected of us. He wants you to win your affections. Set your affections on the higher things. On the higher things. That is not to say that you 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 would not be rich or any of those things. That's not that's all he's talking about. If your affections are set on the things above, when you get money, you will know what to use your money for. There are people who don't know what to use money for. Money corrupts them. They allow money to destroy their lives. Small money. You know, one guy um had a call, you know, he was going to get into a business, uh, a land sale, and the price of the land was about, uh, I think it was about a billion dollars, somewhere in this country, in the country where we are, about a billion dollars, very expensive land, yes, very expensive land, and his his commission was going to be a million dollars, his, his commission was going to be 10%, 10% of a billion is that right, that's 100 million dollars, right, yeah, so his commission was going to be 100 million dollars, when he heard what was going to happen, he started, you know, he started, he forgot, he forgot about, he forgot about himself. He became so excited that he started buying houses. He started moving around, buying houses in his mind. Like, when the money comes, this is the house I'll buy, this is the house I'll buy, I'll do this, I'll do that. He went to car showrooms and started choosing the cars. I mean, he was in bondage. He couldn't help himself. He forgot to pray. He forgot. He couldn't. And this guy was a, was a supposed man of God. He forgot to pray. He forgot to do. He it became a bondage for him. The fact that he was going to get hundred million dollars changed his life. Until he got a call that the deal was not going to come off. Then he became free. He was delivered from that particular bondage. He became free. <laughs> wow! You see, it shows. It shows what is in your heart. It shows where your heart is. That is where your heart is. Where your treasure. Where your treasure is. There your heart to be also. So where your money goes to shows where your heart is. If your money goes to the things of God, it shows that your heart is set on the things that are above. Hallelujah. If all you are thinking about are cars, uh, houses, shoes, clothes, makeup, wigs, that's all you are thinking about. There's something wrong. God wants you to think about something that is higher. Something that is higher. He wants you to, he wants you to start winning your affection from this world. There are people who even there are Christians who just operate their faith for the purposes of earthly things only. That's all they think about. They never use their faith for the kingdom of God. They use their faith for personal use only, for things, for car, for uh, for for a visa. For that's all. That's all they know. That's a that's a lower way of living. You've not yet arisen to the the the, the Christian life that you've been called to. So if you read in First John, First John chapter chapter two, verse fourteen. Look at First John two from verse fourteen. It says, "I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and you have overcome the wicked one." Verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Have you seen it? It says, "Love not the world, love not the world." Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Next verse, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the last thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If one will abide forever, do the will of God. Set your affection on things above. Don't be a selfish Christian. 
only exercise and remember if you read from remember we started reading from verse 14 isn't it he says i write unto you young men because you have overcome the evil one go to verse 14 uh, young men i write unto you young men because you are strong and the word of god abided in you and you overcome the wicked one the young men are the ones who are into exercising faith they know about faith you see then he tells them love not the world love not the world love not the world neither the things are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him Start using your faith for the things of God. Start using your faith to get more people born again. Start using your faith to advance the gospel. Start using your faith to cause crusades to be done in various places where they, they say there's no, they can't allow a crusade to be done there. That's what, that is proper use of faith. That is using your faith with, with eternity in mind. That was the purposes of God. Not for selfishness, not for getting a, a house, a car, uh, some wig, some more money, a wife. No, there's something higher. All those things are important. We are not saying those things are not important. They are important. But the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles are seeking after. The Gentiles seek after what they eat, what they wear, what they drink, where they sleep. All those things. This, all these things shall be added to you. If you read in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. Look at Philippians 1, verse 29. Let me. I, I don't want us to read too much. So let's, let me just check. Um, let's read from 27 rather go to verse 27 so we don't read too much okay it says only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ do you understand what he's talking about it says only let your, your life let's read the amplifier I think the amplifier will help like it says only be sure as it is so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news the gospel of Christ so that whether I do come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm, united spirit and purpose, striving side by side, and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings, which is the gospel. It's called the faith of the gospel. Putting your faith for the, for the purposes of the gospel. Hallelujah. Go back to the King James. It will, it will help us even some more. Only let your conversation be as it becoming the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your, your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, striving together for the faith of the gospel, pushing for the gospel. You see, what kind of a Christian are you? Are you a Christian whose heart is set on things above, or are you a Christian whose heart is set on things of the earth? All you think about is money, money, and even the money. You are not thinking about money to help the kingdom. You are thinking about building more houses. How many houses can you sleep in? No, to be honest with you, people have built houses and have never slept in. There's a, there's a man I knew, you know, who built a very nice house, beautiful house in his hometown with a pool and everything. The very first day he came into the house and launched the house, when people came and enjoyed and everything and left, he decided to take a swim in the pool when everybody was gone. Nobody knows what happened. The next moment, they checked in the pool and he was dead in the pool. And can you imagine his children have not used the house to date? It's been about four years since he passed on. People build things, do all kinds of things. You can do without, without that extra house. It's not necessary. Use that money. You can build a house for, for orphans. To stay in for people who are on the streets to stay in what is wrong with that why do you want to heap up so much jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses he says be rich towards towards god he says so is a man who is rich in this life 
and is not rich towards God. He's not against being rich in this life. He has promised you riches. I've read it to you so many times. Since you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. So there's not there's no challenge with that. There's no problem with that. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be ex- to be great, to be powerful. But your greatness and your power must be used to ch- to to advance the kingdom of God for heavenly things. Win your affection from this world and set your affection on things above. That is what is expected. That's the first thing that is expected of us during this period of stay. Hallelujah. <laughs> during this time of separation, that is what is required of us. Okay? I'll be buying more cars. You have seven cars. One is blue, one is green. The other is white, the other is red, and the other is yellow. When you wear a white shirt, you, you drive the white car. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? When you wear a blue shirt, you, you drive the blue car. Please. Check out my ride. Agama, Agama, spinning wheels, Agama. You are doing MTV Crips. Are you, what is wrong with you? Are you a Christian? What is wrong with you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The second thing that is expected of us during the time of separation is that the bride must sew her own wedding gown. <laughs> the bride must sew her own wedding gown. I'm sure you're wondering, how am I going to sew my own wedding gown? No, just as on a normal day, you'd have, even in our time now, you'd have a, a, a bride choosing her wedding gown online or going to a shop and then, you know, trying to pick out a very nice wedding gown. In Jewish weddings, the bride has to sew her own wedding gown. Sewing is a requirement for your marriage. If you don't know how to sew, you can't marry. I tell you. So during the time of separation, it's expected of the bride to sew. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So look at let's look at Psalm 45. What does this mean? Let's look at it. Psalm 45, verse 13 to verse 15. I'm just trying to explain, you know, all the things that are happening and help you understand what God is expecting of you. Hallelujah. Don't worry too much about the rapture. The next thing is the, the rapture. That's the next thing. So I'm going to talk about it today. Don't worry too much about it because it is too simple. These are the things you should worry about. These two ones, these two that I'm mentioning, they are, those are the main things. Don't bother about whether you'll be taken or not. You are actually going to be taken according to the scriptures. But what would you be saying to your, to your Lord when you meet him? So let's look at it. Psalm 45, verse 13 to verse 15. Remember, Psalm 45 is a psalm that talks about the bride, right? He says, The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. Verse 14. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. Have you seen it? So two things are mentioned here. Verse 15 says, with gladness. No, no, go, go to uh, verse 13. Go to verse 13. It says, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Then it says, her clothing is wrought in gold. Her clothing. So the first thing that is mentioned is a clothing that is made of gold. Have you seen it? Then the next clothing that is mentioned is that she shall be brought into unto the king in raiment of needlework. So the other clothing is a clothing that is made of needlework. One is made of gold, the other is made of needlework. Have you seen it? And she's brought to the king in the needlework. Now Isaiah chapter 61 
explains it even some on these two clothing that we are talking about one is gold the other is of needlework so Isaiah 61 verse 10 it says I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall be joyful in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels have you seen it so two clothing are cl two clothings are mentioned here as well isn't it the garment of what salvation and then the robe of righteousness then it says the robe of righteousness is as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels i sing it so it's the same as what you read in psalm 45 psalm 45 13 and then 14. so the first one the the cloth that is made of gold is the garments of salvation that is what is given to you when you are born again the requirement for the garment of salvation is salvation and it is made of gold it is the divine gold is uh, is is a, is a signification or a symbol of the divine life of the divine nature in the, in the bible every time you see gold it talks about the life of god you see huh. so the day you become born again you are made the righteousness of god in christ jesus without having to pay for anything and that righteousness is a garment it's called the garment of salvation or a cloth which is made of gold which is given to you so every christian has this particular cloth because of our belief in christ jesus and what he did for us on the cross as soon as you come born again you are made the righteousness of god in christ this is free of charge you don't need to fight for it you don't need to do anything for this particular righteousness there are two sets of righteousness the first one is what is imputed to your spirit if you read in romans chapter romans chapter 3 verse 20 let's read it romans 3 20 all the way to 25 he says that therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight but then it says for by the law is the knowledge of sin no flesh shall be justified in his sight no flesh shall be declared not guilty in the, in, in the sight of god for by the knowledge of the law for by the law is the knowledge of sin then he goes on to say in verse 21 that but now the righteousness of god without the law is, is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets so he calls he calls it the righteousness of god this is the righteousness of god which is revealed and manifested to us and it is spoken of by the law which is the book the book of moses the books of moses and the prophets all the old testament talks about this particular righteousness that was to be revealed you see then verse 22 go to verse 22 it says even the righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference this righteousness is by faith of jesus so as soon as you believe in jesus christ alone in personal savior righteousness this righteousness is imputed to you you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. The Bible says that for He was made sin, who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This righteousness is imparted to us. We are made the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah! And this righteousness is a is a is a garment. It's called the garment of salvation, made of gold. You don't need to you don't need to fight for it. It's given to you free of charge go back to Romans chapter 3 verse 22 even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference you should have put between the Jew and the Greek there so verse 23 says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God why have all sinned and come short of the glory of God who are those you're talking about we're talking about the Greek and the Jew all of humanity have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that is why this righteousness is for all and upon all them that believe on Jesus Christ have you seen it 
So you shouldn't, if you are born again, you should be quoting the scripture for yourself whenever you are praying. Whenever you are doing opening prayer, you say, let us begin to confess our sins because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Please. It's, this scripture does not apply to Christians at all. Look at the next verse, verse 24. It says, being justified freely. The word justified means to declare not guilty or to declare righteous. Yeah. So you can read it this way. Being declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation is mercy seat. Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. The purpose is to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Hallelujah. That he might be just. The word just is righteous. That he might be righteous and the righteousness of him which believeth in Jesus. That's what he's talking about. So as soon as you believe in Jesus Christ, you are made right. You don't need to fight for it. It's free of charge. It's the gift of righteousness that is given to you. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Look at Romans 5, 17. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just passing through this one. It's not my main, main message. It's for if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift. It gives it to you free of charge. Hallelujah. So that is the garment of salvation which is made of gold. It is the, the king's daughter is wrought, is clothed, wrought of gold, isn't it? Psalm 45 verse 13. Look at verse 13. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. That is the garment of salvation, which is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that is imparted to you. Free of charge. Hallelujah. But then there's another one which is made of needlework. That is, which is sewn. It is needlework. Which is sown. So the next verse says, She shall be brought unto the king. So on that day, we shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. In raiment of needlework. And that raiment of needlework is actually the, right, the, the robe of righteousness. So there's a difference between the garment of salvation, which is the righteousness of God imparted to you, and the robe of righteousness, which is made by you and I. I don't know if you get it. So in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let's read Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. You see it there. I don't know if you like my message. This is what you should be worried about as a Christian. What are you going to be? How are you going to be presented to, to Jesus on that day? That is what is most important. Not whether you be taken or not. You will be taken. I'm going to show you so many scriptures that will show you that you will be taken. The bride price has been taken. Has been paid already. And that is a qualification. You are sealed by the Holy Ghost. Remember, you are you belong to Jesus Christ. You He owns you by virtue of your new birth. So He's coming for you. There's no there's no two ways about it. <laughs> okay, so he says, Let us be glad. Revelation 19 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. As for Jesus, is ready. But he says his wife. Who is his wife? You and I, the church, the church is the bride of Christ. Who is the wife of Christ? As in said, says the wife has made herself ready. You must make yourself ready. Next verse, verse 18. Verse 8. Then it says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine lining, clean and white. For the fine lining is a righteousness of saints. The fine lining is a righteousness of saints. So it says, To her was granted that she should be arrayed, she should be clothed in fine lining. 
So this needlework, this cloth that is made of needlework, is actually made of fine lining. Have you seen it? Then it says, and it is clean and white. For the fine lining is the righteousness of saints. What is he talking about? This is the righteous works. So actually, if you read in the ancient text, you you read it this it will read this way. Righteousnesses. There are two types of righteousness, like dikayum and dikayosune. One is the one I described for you earlier, which is imparted to your spirit. The other one is by works. This one is the one that is by works. This one is what you do. By virtue of allowing the righteousness of God that is in your spirit to bear fruits in you. So the right what is what is saying here is that in Revelation 19 8 is that the fine lining is the righteous works, the righteousnesses of saints, the righteous acts, the righteous works of the saints. And that is what so every single thing you do for the Lord. Everybody has a needle and some thread in his hand, whether you like it or not. Every queen, as long as you're born again, you are given a needle and a thread. You are sewing your own wedding garment. Everything you do for the Lord is we you are actually sewing. <laughs> Amplified of this verse, right? Revelation 19, 8. Amplified. She has been permitted to dress in fine radiant lining, dazzling and white. For the fine lining is signifies or represents the righteousness the upright just and godly living deeds and conduct and right standing with god of the saints god's holy people i, I don't know if you saw it good living upright just deeds and conduct hmm? so these are the things you do for the lord all the things that you do for the lord you are sowing whether you like it or not you are sowing something hey asv of this verse Revelations 19, 8, ASV. And it was given her, it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine lining, bright and pure. For the fine lining is the righteous acts of the saints. Have you seen it? This is so, here's the name, here's the name on the head. Righteous acts of the saints. So what are your righteous acts? The time of separation is for you to act. Actually, Jesus coming as a thief okay for a christian is coming on a day that you are not you may not be ready you may not be aware because you are not doing what you are supposed to do he will come and come and meet you not doing what you are supposed to do i don't know if you get it i'll, I'll get there i'll get there soon <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah so in colossians chapter 3 sorry first corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10 we see some things that you can work into your own clothing okay let me show you some scriptures in in revelations let me show you um, revelation chapter 16 verse 15 revelation 16 15 behold i come as a thief this is jesus talking about if you have a good bible you see that it's, it's in red Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Which garment is he talking about? The righteous acts of the saints. He's talking about the robe of righteousness, not the garments of salvation. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. No garment. He walks naked and they see his shame. So this is the challenge. He doesn't want to come at 
and you are not working. You are not doing anything for him. Hallelujah. So let's look at some of the things you can you can do to help your clothing, your dress, to sew your dress properly, to sew your garments, to design some things into your your garment for your 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 wedding, your wedding gown. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter three, verse ten. We have more time, right? Yeah, we have plenty of time. He says, uh, let, let's read from verse 10. Yeah. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, this is Paul talking, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. So everybody is building something. Paul says, I have laid the foundation. Okay? Look at this. Verse, verse, uh, verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which we are all building. He is the rock upon which we are all building. Whether you know it or not, every Christian is constructing a house for himself. And the house is actually your robe of righteousness or your righteous acts, your righteous works. Okay? So, the next verse, verse 12, it says, Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Let's read the Amplified. Manifest, declare it. You don't understand. The work of each one will become plainly, openly known, shown for what it is. For the day of Christ will disclose and declare it, because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test and critically appraise the character and worth of the work each person has done. Have you seen it? Next verse. If the work which any person has built upon this foundation, any product of his efforts, whatever survives this test, he will get his reward. Go, go to King James, verse, verse 14, King James. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Okay? It says, if your work abide, you shall receive a reward. Next verse, verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Hey! Verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you are seeing it. Yeah. So that day Jesus will come. When Jesus comes, the day we are raptured, that same day we are given rewards. I told you the last time. Remember, he says he comes, and he comes with his rewards. As he's coming, he's coming with his rewards in his hands. The day he takes us, we are... Christians are put in a certain judgment, which is different from the judgment of the world. It's called the Bema Sea Judgment of Christ. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And then in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 10. I'll discuss it more extensively as we go on, because I'm trying to do chronology. Okay? But because I'm mentioning you sewing into your garments, I want to show you why you are supposed to sew into your garments, because you receive a reward if you do what you're supposed to do. Your gam- you will not be found naked on that day. Your wedding garment will be complete. And you receive a reward for having your wedding garment complete. For preparing yourself. Says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is different from the judgment of the world. This is for those who are born again. Big Christians. When he rapture us, we go for a judgment. Then we go for the wedding. The wedding starts with the judgment. To check whether your dress is ready. 
I, I don't know if you understand. What I mean. it's, so, it's normal. I mean, yeah. we must check if your cloth is correct. Yeah. If your gown is fine to be in the wedding. Yeah. Oh, everything's okay. okay. Let's go into the wedding. But if it's not fine, there are things that it comes with. On Wednesday, I'll check with you. This we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every man may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Then Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Look at Romans 14, 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set and not thy brother? For we must we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Have you seen it? We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what we did. Hallelujah. On that day, Jesus will stand in front of you. Every one of us, every Christian will stand in front of Jesus. And he will look at you face to face. And all your works shall rise. If you read in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Look at Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, see the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. So only one thing follows you out of this world is your works. Which works? Your works which you did for the Lord. That is your raiment of needlework. That is it. So on that day, you stand. That judgment is called bima because the word bima is one foot space. It means that only one person can be there. The church, you can't be there with your pastor. You can't be there with your wife. You can't be there with your children. You can't be there with your group. Everybody will be there on their own, individually. You'll be there and Jesus will be looking into your eyes. His eyes, his eyes are actually the judgment. So if you, if you remember what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says that every man's work shall be passed through fire. How will your work be passed through fire? Revelation chapter 1 verse 14. Look at Revelation 1 14. I don't know if you like my message. This is a description of Jesus. John, when John saw Jesus, this is how he looked like. So Revelation 1 14. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. When John saw Jesus, this is how he saw him. So this is how Jesus is looking right now. He says, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. You see, Jesus' eyes were as a flame of fire. So Jesus' eyes are the fire that will be used to check your work. Whether it is made of gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. What happens to gold when it goes to fire? It is purified. What happens to silver? It is purified. It shines even more. What happens to precious stones? Precious stones were born out of fire. When they go to fire, they are in the environment. They will be fine. But wood will burn. Hay will burn. Stubble will burn. So on that day, Jesus will start, you will stand, every one of us will stand before Jesus Christ. Not to judge you to go to hell. You have passed hell because he went to hell for you. Now the question is, what did you do for me after I went to hell for you? What did you use your life for? That is, that is the question we'll be asking you. Did you learn to love like I did? I loved you to the point that I gave my life for you. To the point of that I died for you because of my love for you. What did you also do for me? So in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, Paul says something. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, 13. I don't know if you like my message. Just for whether we be beside ourselves, it is, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your, it is for your cause. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Who is that one that died for all? Jesus Christ. He died for all. If he died for all, then we're all dead. Next verse. Verse 15. And that he died for all, so that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. This is what Jesus is expecting. He's expecting you to live for him, not for yourself. 
Not for yourself. What are you doing to advance his cause? What are you doing to bring someone to his kingdom? So gold. He says you can work gold. First Corinthians one, uh, first Corinthians three. You remember we've been reading. Uh, verse twelve. He says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. What is gold? Gold is the anything that is out of the divine life. Remember, I mentioned it to you not long ago. It's the divine nature of God. It's the divine nature. It's the divine nature of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The divine glory of God, the divine nature of God. So whatever you do to increase somebody or to get someone to have the divine life or to increase in the divine life, okay, you'll be rewarded for it. Or whatever you do out of the nature of God that is inside you, someone slaps you. But then the nature of God inside you instructs you that don't slap him back. Rather turn the other side. That's what Jesus said though. <laughs> if someone slapped you and then you slap the person back, pa! Or you give the person two terrible slaps, pa pa! You just acted out of your naturalness, your natural nature. You've lost you that is wood, hay and stubble, and it will burn on that day. That was the work you did. Someone insulted you. What didn't Christ suffer? Read, read uh, uh, first, first Peter chapter 2. You see it. The Bible says that he, when he was revowed, he revowed not. When he was cursed, he did not curse back. But he was quiet. The Bible says that he did that for leaving us an example. Christ suffered leaving us an example. When someone insults you, you insult the person in capital letters. I tell you. You insult the person's whole family. All kinds of things. Say all kinds of things. Just because you are insulted. Why can't you take evil? The Bible says you should. <laughs> it says overcome evil with good. Though. It didn't say overcome evil with evil. Yeah. So all the all the works. I'll commit some more time to this and talk about it proper, proper. I've just mentioned I'm just going through the stages, okay? I'm supposed to talk about rapture. I'm just you know mentioning the stages. So this is what you should be worried about as a Christian. What are you going to say to him on that day? Will your work stand? What did you do for him? So everything, so that gold represents divine glory or divine life. Uh, silver represents redemption. Redemption, whatever you do to bring someone to Christ. You know, if you, the mystery of the uh, ransom silver, which is redemption. They, they, the silver was for redemption, the purpose of redemption. So silver represents redemption. Okay? So whatever you do to bring someone to Christ and to raise someone in the Lord, you'll be given a reward for it. All that represents silver. Then precious stones, whatever you do, uh, the whatever you allow, when you allow the transformational work of the Holy Spirit in your life, when you allow the Holy Spirit to work on you, there are two ministries of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a ministry to you, and He has a ministry with you. Okay, so if you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, to bear fruits of love, remember Galatians chapter five verse twenty-two. He says, "But the fruits of the Spirit are these." Then He mentioned them: love, joy peace and the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law okay the fruit of the spirit he's not talking about the fruit of the holy spirit he's talking about the fruit of the ministry of the holy spirit in your spirit he's talking about the fruit of your spirit but your spirit cannot bear those fruits without the ministry of the holy spirit in your life the holy spirit is in your life to help you have joy have love have meekness, have temperance, have uh, what, what faith, all those things. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in you. That is why when you become born again, you hear someone talking to you. It's like someone, it's like someone is talking to me. You want to steal 
uh, fish from your mother's soup but then it's like something is talking to you don't steal it he's helping you to learn how to live in patience learn how to live the right way that's his ministry so there are two a lot of christians now focus only focus on the ministry with the holy spirit that is uh, changing other people's lives and all of but it's this, that is not the only thing he has a ministry in in your life in your personal life for you to grow up in the lord the way he wants you to grow up go back to verse 22 galatians 5 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love you become a loving person. he works in you to become a loving person do you see yeah a loving person because actually love is so important whatever you do for the lord everything you do is actually checked with the thermometer of love the the fire in jesus eyes is actually love it's the fire of love no i told you it's, it's the fire of love not the fire of destruction it's the fire of love i loved you i gave my life for you what did you do did you learn to love so everything you do is going to be checked with the with the meter of love you didn't slap the person did you, did you not slap the person because you love the person or because you <laughs> or you had other reasons so in first corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 and 4 look at first corinthians 4 3 4 and 5 you see it there it's not a small thing he says but with me it's a very small thing that i should be judged of you this is paul talking of man's judgment yeah i judge not my own self i judge not my own self next verse for i know nothing by myself yet am i not hereby justified but he that judged me is the lord he says oh the only one who can judge me is the lord the one who can really tell whether what i did i did for the right reasons is jesus christ just i don't do anything against myself i have not done anything that in my conscience it's not right i know i've done all the right things but only god can judge me i'm not vindicated in that particular revelation that i have of myself next verse verse five it says therefore judge nothing before the time until the lord come so when the lord comes he's coming to judge judge who judge us for the purpose of reward therefore judge nothing before the time until the lord come who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts and then shall every man have praise of god he revealed the counsels of every man's heart why did you do what you did hey let's read let's read amplified of verse five so do not make any hasty or premature judgment before the time when the lord comes again for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims motives and purposes of hearts then every man receive his due commendation from god so on that day everybody will get his due commendation your due praise what is really accorded to so some people some people are praised here on earth but when we get to heaven they, they may be very low there are some people who are not it seems like they are they are not doing much but whatever they are doing is out of love because first corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 you can do so many things look at first corinthians 13 1 you have people doing all kinds of things he says do i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity charity is not talking about the lady called charity the, this word charity here is love is agape okay you see new king james says it though i speak with the tongues of men and have and of angels but have not love he's talking about the love of god the agape of god i have become a sounding brass or a clanging let's read king james I me mean, i like king james i'm a king james son Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So someone can be speaking, you hear someone speaking in tongues. The tongues is bazooka type of tongues. Prayer today, prayer machines here with us. Prayer. If it is not out of love, brother, on that day when he stands before you, you ask you, 
did you speak in the tongues out of love for me? Or you spoke in tongues because you wanted somebody to see that. You saw the girl standing in the corner. You wanted her to see how spiritual you are. Hey! The secret thoughts. Look at the next verse, verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. You are re- re- mountain removing faith outside of love is zero. Hey. Look at verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profited me nothing. How can someone give himself to be burned outside of love? All your goods to feed the poor. So you can do philanthropy as much as you like if it's not out of your love for Christ. Chill. It's like a meat we have in Ghana called Willie. There's no new, it's actually uh, leather. <laughs> There's no nutrients in it. It's just for chewing purposes, just to exercise your jaws. It's nothing. Wow. So on that day, he'll be checking. And he's expecting, so now that he's gone, He's expecting two things from us. The first one is what? Do you remember? What's the first one? We are to win our affections from this world unto him, isn't it? Then the second thing is that we must sew our clothing, our wedding gown. And this is it. Yeah. So he sees that the, the lamb's wife has made herself ready. The Lord has not come because most of us are not ready. He wants you to be ready. Maybe you didn't know what I'm talking about today. Get yourself ready. Do something for the Lord. Win a soul. Change a life. Bless somebody. You can read it. First Peter 3 1. You see it. It's to give a reward for all those who shepherd people. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, the fourth point, the fourth stage in the wedding. Do hmm? you remember? We are, we are doing the stages of the Jewish wedding, isn't it? The Jewish marriage. And we just treated stage three, which is the stage of absence, the stage of separation between the groom and the bride. And the things that are expected of the bride, we just finished that one. So stage four is the Niswin. Okay? Niswin. Niswin is spelled N-I-S-S-U-I-N. The Niswin. N-I-S-S-U-I-N. Let me spell it again. The last time someone was asking me, what's the spelling once again? It's N-I-S-S-U-I-N. Dennis Wynn. And that is the actual wedding day. So this is the wedding day. Dennis Wynn is the wedding day. And there are some activities that happens on the wedding day. And I want to show them to you. Okay? Hallelujah. The first thing, so you can say 4A. 4 is Dennis Wynn. That's the wedding day. A. The first thing that happens is that the bride is stolen. Hmm. On the wedding day, the bride is stolen. Remember, the bride does not know the day that she's going to be picked up. She doesn't know. Even though she may have uh, an idea of what will happen. You see, she may have an idea. She can, she can determine that, ah, this year. Because you now, as you are sewing your clothing, as your garment is getting ready, you know that very soon they'll be coming for you. You see, so she can tell. So the church can tell. We are the bride. We can tell that this is a season. We can tell the season when the rapture will come. Hallelujah. So if you read in First Thessalonians chapter 4, you see some, some of those things. Let's, let's read First Thessalonians chapter 4. No, First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 1. First Thessalonians 5 from verse 1. Hallelujah. She can tell. 
But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For, you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travel upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. He says, you, brethren, you Christians, you children of God, you are not what? In darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Next verse. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Next verse. For they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us go of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. I don't know if you are seeing what he's saying. He says that to those who are outside the church, it shall come as a thief in the night. But those of us who are inside, it shall not be as a thief in the night. Why? Because we are not children of the night. We are not children of darkness. We are children of the light. And because we are children of the light, we are to know the season of his coming. You, we don't know the actual day and the actual time. I'll talk about that in some few minutes. Okay, but you can tell the season. The children of God can tell the season. Those who are alive and awake, those who are not sleeping. So in this particular place, the concept of sleep that is introduced here is the concept of backslid, backsliding. So the Christians who are backsliding are the ones who are you say, do not sleep. Go, 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 go down. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, let's read verse 6. It says, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So he's expecting us to watch and be sober, be balanced in our mind, be patient in our mind as we wait for the Lord and watch for his coming. Do you see? He says, let us not sleep as do others. For those that sleep, next verse, verse 7, for they that sleep, sleep in the night. Why do they sleep in the night? If you are sleeping in the night, then it means that you are like the others. He shall come as a thief in the night. So for those who are sleeping, for Christians who are backsliding, he shall come suddenly upon them. They will not be prepared. And he shall come on them, and they cannot do anything again. Your work is finished, and your he's going to judge you. Your, it's too late to do anything. I don't know if you get it. So, for those of us who are Christians and are active in the Lord, he says you can tell the season. So it shall not come upon you as a thief in the night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So the bride is stolen or snatched away to the wedding. Okay, which is the rapture. The rapture. You see, some people say that there's no word in the Bible called rapture. It's actually deception from the from the from the devil that oh there's no word in the Bible called rapture so there's nothing like rapture it will never happen it's the devil who's deceiving you okay in First Thessalonians chapter four verse thirteen let me show you where that word rapture comes from First Thessalonians First Thessalonians someone said First Thessalonians First Thessalonians chapter four verse thirteen but I will not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that they show not even as others which have no hope. Remember, this sleep here is death, right? Next verse. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus or who are dead in Jesus, will God bring with him? I was explaining this to you the last time. Continue. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The word prevent is pre-event. We will not go before they go. That's what he's saying. The, 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 it's, King James has just put it together. It's, pre, it's pre-event. We will not... They will, this will happen before ours. So the Lord will come with them in the skies. And then they receive their resurrected bodies. Then we which are alive and remain 
Okay, I think the Amplified says, it says, For this we declare to you by the Lord's own hand, the Lord's own word, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall in no way proceed, have you seen it? Proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. Hallelujah. So he comes with them in the skies. Remember, the private coming of Christ, the private second coming of Christ, is for his own, that is the church. And he does not step on the earth. He appears in the heavenlies. He appears in the in the heavens, and then we are taken. Okay? So next verse, verse, verse 16, King James. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the lord have you seen it since we are caught up the word caught up there is the word is the word the greek word is hapazo h-a-r-p-a-z-o hapazo it means to snatch away or to catch away that's what it means so the word caught up there is what hapazo and the latin for hapazo is rapid from where we get the english word rapid and hence rapture. I don't know if you get it. Uh-huh. So the word the Greek is hapazo. So in Greek, you will not find it in the Bible, but in Latin it is direct. The Latin for hapazo is happy rapid, R-A-P-I-R. And from where we when we get rapid or immediate. I don't know if you get it. Uh-huh. And it is extended to rapture. Hallelujah. So it is in the Bible. Don't say it is no, it's not in the Bible. It is right there. It says we shall be caught up. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Why are we caught up into the heavens? Because we are not of the earth. Remember, I was sharing it with you that we are of we are from above. Remember, John chapter 3. The, the word born again itself means to be born from heaven, to be born from above. So there's nothing about us that is earthly. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me show it to you. First Corinthians 15. Oh, hallelujah. I'm wondering if I can finish what I prepared to share with you. First Corinthians 15, 48. First Corinthians 15, 48. It says, As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Who is the one who is of the earth? He's talking about Adam. Then he says, As we are born the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Adam was of the earth, earthy. Then it says, Christ is of heaven, isn't it? And we are born from above. So we have a heavenly uh, origin. Our origination is heavenly. How do you get it? We are born from above. We, have, we are to bear the image of the heavenly. Okay? Then we also have a heavenly blessing. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So our blessings are even heavenly. Where are we seated? What is our position now? We have a position. We have a heavenly position. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Look at Ephesians 2 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? So everything about us is heavenly. So Christ does not take us. He does not come to earth to come and receive us. He stays in the heavens to receive us. Why? Because we are a group of, we are a heavenly people. Hallelujah. Even our calling is heavenly. Ephesians, uh, sorry, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Look at Hebrews 31. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our, our profession, Christ Jesus. He says, the, We have a heavenly calling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Our, our destiny is heavenly. Colossians chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. We have a heavenly destiny. So everything about, everything about Christians is heavenly. It's not earthy at all. So he does not receive us on the earth. He receives us in the heavens. Okay? Says, since, we have, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. In heaven. Have you seen it? Then first Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 to verse 4. I'm showing you plenty of scriptures. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that freedom not away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow. So we are heavenly. We are not earthly at all. So he receives us in the air. Says we are caught up. We are raptured. We are haphazard, if you like. And we meet him up there. Then he takes us to his father's house, which is heaven. Hallelujah. For the wedding to take place. The location for the wedding, the venue, the wedding's venue is heaven. It's heaven. That's why he says that listen, start, leave your let your affections be on things above, not on things on the earth. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm telling you. So we are caught up. And that will be the most exciting day for us because the word rapture. In, in English, I was just checking. The word rapture is to have excitement. It means to be beside yourself in ecstasy. Yeah. It means extreme excitement. That day will be the most joyful day for us. It is not a sad day. Check it in the English. Rapture means, check it. Please check it for us. Maybe they think I'm lying. That's what it means in the English. It means excitement. Joy unspeakable that is full of glory. We'll be beside ourselves. Because so many things will be happening. You see, we can't even appreciate color. You know our eyes cannot see the actual colors of this earth. Yeah, we can't, we can't even hear the sound of the earth. Our, our ears can only hear about 5% of the sounds that are on earth. Yeah, so there are not, there's 95% of sounds on earth that we don't hear. Yeah, so on that day, we'll have our resurrected bodies and we'll have access to all kinds of... We'll see beauty, real beauty, and hear real words that will cause... Paul said... I knew a man about 14 years ago who was carried up into heaven and heard words that cannot be, it's, it's, not, it's not lawful to talk about because he was hearing various things. On that day, we'll have our resurrected bodies and we'll have the most, the biggest of excitement to be a day of real joy. So it's not a day to dread, it's a day to, uh, to, to, to enjoy. I don't know if you get it. It's a day to expect with, with joy unspeakable that is full of glory. Not a day to be sad of, oh, rapture is coming, will I go, will I not go? He says that we shall all. If if we sh- if all of us will not go, remember what I just read to you. It says those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up. He didn't say some of us. He said those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up. He says those who are dead in Christ, he shall bring with him, isn't it? Yeah. If he will leave some of those who are alive, then it is better to die before yeah. that day. Yeah. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Because all those who are dead, he didn't say he will come with some some of those who are dead in Christ. He says all those who are dead in Christ, he will come with them. So if he's going to come with all those who are dead in Christ, and meanwhile all those who died in Christ, it's not all of them who who are correct. Just like the way you fool, you are not correct. You should know that those who have gone to day to day felt some of them felt that like that. But he says he'll come with all of them. If he's going to come with all of them, and those of us who are alive and remain will be left, some of us will be left. Then you are. It's not fair. It is better for you to die. Please you understand. You have to kill yourself before he comes. You are better off. 
When you hear the trumpet, nah, they very <laughs> so that you can come on the other side and not be on the side where some people are possibly going to be left. He's not going to leave anybody. He's coming for everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter two. I've left some some very important things out, but then it's, it's good. Let, let's go on. Second Thessalonians chapter two, from verse one. Let me show it to you. Some people also say that the rapture has already happened. Second Thessalonians two one mentions says, "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him." You see, he's he's always generalizing it. Yeah. Go back to verse one. Now you, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the by the gathering of some of us who are very good and very very powerful and who are very committed to the house of God, who gather unto Him, is that what the Bible says? It says now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him, our gathering together unto Him, so specific, so He doesn't have any, doesn't leave any room for you to to doubt, to question whether some people will come, some people will go, some people will not go. It lets you know everybody's going. Because actually everybody's going. The differences will be in our resurrected bodies because of what we did. And I'm going to address that. Okay? What did you do for the Lord? How did you live for the Lord? Do you think the thief that was on the cross of, cross of Calvary with Christ will be on the same level with Paul? Who went for the Lord and did all the things I did? They will not be on the same level in heaven. It's not possible. Because one just, on his, in his death, then he got saved. But the other God said, then worked so much and suffered for the Lord. There's a difference, brother. It's not the same. We will be taken, but there's a difference in our resurrected body and in the rewards that we get because of what we did for the Lord. So if you're a Christian and you're not living for the Lord, He will take you. But on that day, you may walk naked in heaven because your resurrected body is going to be a compendium of your earthly biography. What you did on earth, okay, will be in your in your garments. We'll see what you did for the Lord. Everybody will see you in heaven. Everybody's head is transparent. There's no opaque head anymore. No secret, nothing. We are all seeing. Everybody is seeing. Whether you live for the Lord or you not for the Lord, we will see on that day. That is where your shame will be. Not in hell. Your shame will be in heaven. You will see. So the Bible talks about people weeping and gnashing their teeth. Talks about outer darkness and all of those things. So if you're a child of God, then you're not living for you. Now you know. That is why you're afraid of the rapture. Yeah, that is why I'm afraid. What you're afraid? Will you pick me or will you not? You're asking those questions because you know that you're not living right. Start living right. What is your problem? Start living right. <laughs> it's not too late. You are not dead. You are alive. Start living for the Lord. That's what the difference will be. Okay. So verse two. Go to Second Thessalonians two two. It says, "Oh, let me read from verse one so that we understand it some more." Okay. Oh, hallelujah. I'm born again. And I'm glad I'm born again. Yeah, the qualification is to be born again. That's the qualification. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Because you miss out on that heavenly bliss on that day. All because you are not born again. You are just hanging around Christians. Those who go are not, it's not professing Christians. There are a lot of people in the church who are professing Christians. They are not yet born again. You were born in the church and you grew up in the church. You call it's called you call your, your church my mother church. You've never but you've never given your life to Christ. You've never believed in the Lord as your as your savior. You've never believed in his death, his burial, and resurrection. And you've never confessed it. The fact that you believe that does not mean that it's okay. It's, that's not the only thing. It says you must believe with your heart and with your mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. So you believe and then you confess with your mouth. If you are not born again, if you don't do that, you are not born again. 
So the Bible talks about how that a good man sowed good seeds in his field. And his enemy came to come and sow tests. He sowed wheat in his field. And his enemy came to come and sow tests. Wheat and tests are very similar. You cannot tell the difference until they grow and mature. If you try to uproot them out of the church. Sometimes people say that Ghana has 75. We are 75% Christians. And then they say that if we are 75% Christians, then who are the people who are cheating in the, in the country? Taking, taking all the money in the country and doing all the foolish things. Don't they go to church? Brother, they do go to church, but they may not be born again. Because if you are really a child of God, you can't do some things. No, no, no. You can't, you can't steal money. You can't do some things. You are a professing Christian. You are not a practicing, genuine, born again, believing child of God. You are not yet born again. You are not yet spirit filled. And what attracts you to Jesus on that day is the Holy Spirit. That's what attracts you. Remember, in John chapter 14, look at John 14, 1 and 2. Let's go back there and then we'll come back here. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2. If in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would not, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This I'll receive you. This I'll take you. There's a difference between taking and receive. This I'll receive you. If it is taking, taking means that he comes to come in. No, there's no receiving means someone is giving. Isn't it? If I'm giving you this, then you receive it. Isn't it? But if you come and come and take it from here, then that is taking. It's not receiving. So who is the one who gives us to Jesus Christ? It is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is here with us. He's in us. So on that day, he will hand us over. Remember, the Spirit and the bride will say, come on that day. So the Spirit is always saying that Jesus, he wants Jesus to come. And he's working in us. So he will give us to him. And he will receive us from the hands of the Holy Spirit. So that's why he said, and I will receive you unto myself. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. So if you are not born again, who is going to hand you over? Because the Holy Spirit is not inside you. The magnet that causes you to be attracted to him on that day is the Holy Spirit who is inside you. He gives you over to him and then he receives you. If you are not born again, you need to give your life. Don't hang around church. Don't just hang around church. Be very smart. Be very careful. You can die and go to hell because you are just a professing Christian. You are identified with church, but you are actually not born again. You know in your heart that there is something wrong with you. Give your life to Christ today before the day ends. In Jesus' name. I'll see if the Lord comes because all that is happening. You see, we are at the ending of the ends. In the, in the tabernacle of Moses, all the measurements were done in cubits. There were three aspects of the tabernacle of Moses. There was the outer court, the holy place, and then the holy of holies. Isn't it? The outer court, in terms of cubical measurement, was 1,500. The holy place, in terms of cubical content, all the, the, the things there, in terms of cub, cubical content, was 2,000. And then, in the holy place, the cubical content was 1,000. The outer court, some people have said, represents the, uh, the time of the law, which lasted for 1,500 years. And it is, so, it's, it is equal to the 1,500 that the outer court's cubical contents are measured in. It's 1,005. The Holy of Holies is, that, is represented with when Christ comes on earth, the 1,000-year one, one reign, the millennial reign of Christ on earth, which is 1,000, which is equal to the cubical contents measurement of the holy of holies what we are living in now is a holy place 
where God is in us, God is Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit is in, is in us, isn't it? Uh -huh. But you, a priest can go there and do service every day. You can't enter the Holy of Holies. You enter once a day, isn't once? Yeah, it's once a year even. So the, some people say that the this time of ours is the cubicle content of the holy place, which is two thousand, meaning that. It's, it's supposed to take 2,000 years for Christ to come. I'm not trying to predict. I'm just saying something that has been said. I don't know if you get it. So we are actually very close to the coming of Christ. We are at the ending of the endings. How long has it been since uh, Christ left the world? Some people think that, you see, Anno Domini is not after the death. AD is not after the death of Christ. AD is Anno Domini. And that is at the birth of Christ. So it has been 2,020 years since Christ was born. But the church, the church began in uh, when Christ died and resurrected and ascended and then poured out the Spirit, isn't it? How old was Christ when he died? He was 33 years old. 33 and a half years old. Isn't it? So when would it be 2,000 years since Christ ascended? It is 2,033. How many years from now? 13 years from now. But exactly 13 years from now will be 2,000 exact years since Christ was resurrected and ascended into heaven. So if you look at it that way, then we are at the end of the end of the, of the coming of second coming of Christ. But I'm not, I'm not predicting anything. In time, people have predicted. Hey, people have predicted. It's not easy. If you like, go, go on the internet and type the great disappointment. There was a day called the great disappointment. Because thousands of people, 1844, October, thousands of people in America were preparing for the coming of Christ because people had written documents. There's this man who wrote documents and all of that showing that according to calculations, Christ was coming on in October. I think it was 1st October, 1844. It was 22nd October, 1844. And everybody was with people so they are their houses sold, their cars sold, their properties, all kinds of things, waiting for him to come. Wearing white clothing, standing on top of their houses with palm fronts, waiting for Jesus to come. And the day ended without Christ coming. The next day, the newspapers printed, the day God lied. Then it's called the great, you can check it on the internet, great, the great disappointment. You think that's the only time? In 1988, another American rose up and said that Christ, eight, he wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Christ is Coming in 88. Wow. He, he predicted that, I think, 1st September or so. That one, two people gathered and did all kinds of things waiting for the Christ for Christ to come. Where well, He didn't come. Then he wrote another book, 89 Reasons Why Christ is Coming in 89. <laughs> <laughs> the same person. He wrote about Christ coming until ah, he died in 2001. Then in 1992 in South, 1992 in South Korea, there was a, there was a sect, a Christian sect in, in South Korea that also decided that Christ is coming in 92. Their leader decided that Christ is coming in 1992, also October 92. They prepared. Even, that one, even pregnant women aborted their children because they wanted to be light for Christ to be able to take them. They felt that when the baby will not be able to let them go, the magnet will be too... too so they aborted their children and all of that. Very sad. People, people gave their properties. This is 92, you can check it. They gave their properties out to people they thought would not be going. They decided this is not going, so you can have the properties and all of that. 
So prediction is not a good thing to do. We are not trying to predict. That's why in that's why I'm reading those scriptures to you. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one and two. Go back there. I'm closing. I think you've had enough for one day. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by gathering together unto him, verse 2, that he be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. The word at hand means it has happened already. If you read other versions to show you that it has happened, as though the day, some people say the day has already happened. That's not happened. That's not yet happened. On that day, something very big will happen. So verse 3 shows us. It will be so clear. It says, let no man deceive you by any means. So even what I've said concerning the 2,000 cubits and all of that, don't, that's not it. Okay? Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the main sign is a falling away first. Now what is that falling away first? The word falling away is apostasia. From where we get the word apostasis, okay, which is, uh, uh, you understand apostasy? People leaving the faith. You get it? Huh? Most of the versions we have now explain it like that. So Amplified also says, it says, let no one deceive you or beguile you in any way. For that day will not come except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. Have you seen it? Unless the predicted great falling away of those who are professed to be Christians has come. Professed to be Christians. Now, that day, okay, is the day of the rapture. So the great falling away, you see, in, uh, in, the, in the Greek, one word in the Greek can mean so many things in the English. For instance, the word koinonia, okay, or the word um, uh, parakletos, okay, have seven English words. So even though it is one word in the in the Greek, it has seven different. It mean, the Greek the Greek is richer than the English. Okay, so the word apostasia does not only mean apostasy; it also means a departure. Okay, a departure. So the ancient I have a version of the Bible here, NHEB. That I want to read that particular version to you for this particular verse, Second Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 3. I'm reading it in NHEB. I don't know what it, uh, it the full meaning means, but look at this. It says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for it will not be unless the departure comes first. That's what he says. The departure comes first. Now, departure from what? Is it departure from the faith? No, it's departure from this earth, which is the rapture. How do we get it? So those, so it's the same thing. It means the same thing here. It says, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians. Who are those who are professed to be Christians? They are professed, but they are actually not born again. They are professing Christians. I just mentioned it to you. Professing Christians, but they don't believe. Now, how do they fall away? How do they, they fall away when we, are, when we depart? When the correct ones depart? So the departure of the, the correct ones will be the falling away of the fake ones. Please, you understand? Or you still don't understand? I wish you were here to, to show me whether you understood or not. Okay? So when we leave, the day that we are taken, we are raptured, that day those who are professing Christians will be revealed. Our departure will be the great falling away of the professing Christians. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh. So he says, Let no man, 2 Thessalonians 2 3, King James, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. So the falling away is with two references our departure and hence the, the remaining, the falling away of the professing Christians. Please, you get it. And then he says, And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The son of perdition will only be revealed after the church has been taken. The next verse explains it even some more. It says, Who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God? That is the man of sin, okay? Or that is worship. So that he is, he as God seated in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's talking about the Antichrist. On Wednesday, I talk about the Antichrist. He's talking about the Antichrist here. Next verse. Then he says, Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. Next verse. And now you know what withhold that, that he might be revealed in his time. Who is talking about the Antichrist? Next verse. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Have you seen it? Next verse. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. So he says that there's one that withholdeth the mystery of iniquity. When God was manifested to become a man, when God, when deity became a man, it's called the mystery of godliness. So First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen says this. It says, go, go to First Timothy three sixteen. And great, let's read King James, please. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So when God was manifest in the flesh, it was called the great mystery of godliness okay now satan manifesting in flesh is called the mystery of iniquity so satan will become a man just as jesus just as god became a man satan will also become a man and that man is called the antichrist hallelujah so it's so second Thessalonians 2 7 says for the mystery of iniquity that's already way only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. Who is he talking about? Who is the one who is preventing the mystery of iniquity? Go to the verse, verse 8. It says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. Verse 4. Okay. Let's read from verse 3 to verse 4. Let no man deceive you by enemies, for that day shall not come, and said there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he as God sitting in the temple of God, show himself that he is God. Remember you know that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withhold that that he might re be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Since the mystery of iniquity is already working. Okay, there are so many things, all the things that are happening in the world is actually a setup for the Antichrist to come. But what is preventing the Antichrist from being showed up, for him being revealed, physically speaking, is the one who is withholding for the mission of iniquity that's already worked. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Who is he that letteth will let? Who is he? <laughs> Go to the next verse, verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. He's talking about the church and the spirit. It is the church and the spirit that are preventing the Antichrist from being revealed in his fullness. And I want to show it to you. So if you look at um, 
Verse 6. Go to verse 6. And now you know what withholdeth. You know what? What withholdeth. Have you seen it? Yeah. The word what there is in reference to the church. The church uh, is not giving a personality. It's like an organization, if you like. The church is a living organism, isn't it? So it is referred to as what. And you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Next verse. So that is with reference to the church. Then, he says, For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now let it will let. Who is he? That he is in reference to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And he has personality. You get it? Yeah. So it's this particular, the one who let it will let is both the church and the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not a dis- dis- disembodied spirit. The Holy Spirit is not, he's, not, he's, he's at work in the church. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is at work in the church. So the day the Holy Spirit and the church are taken, that day the son of perdition, who is the Antichrist, shall be revealed in his fullness, in his full manifestation. Now, if some of the church is left, if some of the correct church is left, then it's not going to work for him to come. They will not let him be revealed. They will pray. I don't know if you understand. If you go and I'm left, you think I will just be there. No, 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 no. You will, we will pray. Those who, those who, Christians, correct Christians who are left will pray seriously to not be easy. And so this particular scripture will still work. If some are taken and some are left, we will not let him be revealed. Because it will be so, it will be so uh, uh, obvious that this is what has happened. Okay, then if this is what has happened, then we will also pray. Hallelujah. I don't know if you get it. So on that day, he comes for all of his children. He takes all of his children because we, are, we have a heavenly calling. He takes all of us away. Then the evil man, the son of perdition, the revelation of iniquity, the embodiment of sin, who is the Antichrist, is revealed. He cannot be revealed until we are taken away. All the things that are happening in the world are setting us up. All the things that are happening with the, the liberal scene. There's nothing wrong with homosexuality. There's nothing wrong with lesbianism. There's nothing wrong with bestiality. There's nothing wrong. I mean, all kinds of things are coming. These are things that God does not like. It's in the scriptures. You don't need anybody to tell you. It's in the Bible. When there's no, there's no place for right and wrong. Right and wrong are dependent on where you are in the world. You see? And all kinds of things are coming in. They are setting everybody up. For instance, there's so much discussion about aliens. So many movies. There's a there's a movie called The Body Body Snatchers. You know, as though some aliens who take some people away. They are trying to uh, make it look like it will be a normal occurrence, so that when we are taking, they can continue in life normally. As though Christ is an, is an alien. In fact, on that day when we are coming with him, we will be treated as aliens. So they will unite to fight against us. We will talk about it as time goes on. But know that on that day you are going to be. T- it is the most exciting day of our history. And you should be looking forward to it. Live for him. And watch him do great things in your life. On that day when you are taken, you will have all your rewards on that day. Hallelujah. If you are watching me and are not born again, this is your time to be born again. This is your time to be born again. I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are, with your eye closed, and say these words after me, because you believe with your heart. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to come and die for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe that he died and I believe that on the third day he rose again from the dead I believe that when he rose again from the dead he was taken into heaven on that day I believe that when he died I died with him I believe that when he rose again from the dead I rose from the dead with him 
I declare boldly that I'm born again. I declare boldly that I have eternal life in my spirit. I'm a child of God. From henceforth, I belong to Jesus. Everything in my life is for him. And on that day, when he shows up in the heavens, I'll be raptured with, with him and shall be with him forever. In Jesus' name. Now, devil, I speak to you now. You have no place in my life. I'm a child of God. I've been taken from your kingdom into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm born again. And you have nothing with me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just said that you are now a child of God, I want you to send us a message. Let us know what has happened in your life. We'll send you resources and show you what to do and how to grow in the Lord some more for your own benefit. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. I know you've enjoyed yourself. I know you've had a lovely time. Thank you for always inviting people to join us in the service. Thank you for watching with your family all the time, making an effort to watch with your family, both in Ghana, abroad, wherever you are in the world. I want you to know that you are working gold and silver and precious stones into your own garments. And on that day, God reward you for all that you are doing for him. For all the leaders who are doing various things, pushing to gather people in various places, I want you to know that God sees what you are doing and he honors you for it. God bless you. I want you to know I love you very much, even in Jesus' name. Let me, let's pray for the last time. And Father, thank you for your children. Thank you for the revelation of your word that has come to us. Thank you that these words are working in our lives continuously and consistently. Thank you that your glory in our lives is increasing yet more and more because we are beholding your word. We are being changed from glory to glory, giving us by your spirit. Thank you for glory like never before. Increase like never before. Prosperity, grace, success like never before for all of us. Thank you that this week is the best week ever. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the foolish of the Holy Spirit is with us now and forevermore in Jesus' name. Surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives as we do in the presence of the Lord, giving us presence to us within us. And we live and we walk and we fellowship and are filled with the Spirit. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.